Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Laker Side Chats. I am your host as always, Alan Ramage, bringing you a sort of flu game type episode from myself today. Um, more details to break later, hopefully positive news instead of negative news. Um, I've got one guest with me today, uh, Kwame, you guys know him from the Late Night Lake Show when he, I'd say me and him are pretty regular contributors to that podcast as well wouldn't you Kwame absolutely good to, good to be back man thanks for having me yet again I, I I always love stopping in love chatting it up with you so yeah let's get into it for people that don't realize me and Kwame have the last talks about an hour before recording and we're still chomping at the bit <laughs> <laughs> uh the chemistry is undeniable it's like LeBron and AD man like yeah. LeBron and AD <laughs> touching on the Lakers We've had a quiet off-season, haven't we? Like, Man, not a, not a peep, right? A what, like quiet. one to two moves? Like nothing major? Crazy. Just a few things here and there, you know. A Hall of Famer signed. Uh, guard that is exponentially better than all our point guards from last year. Six man of the year sprinkled in. Six man of the year. <laughs> a little free and D guy who's better than our fifteen million dollar option signing for three point six. Oh man, I don't know about and getting Keith to sign for the minimum too. That's crazy. That, that's that's an understated one. Ballmer gave Marcus the bag and didn't realize he had a joint account. That so is the, Steve Ballmer. That's like the funniest revelation I saw on Twitter today. They have a <laughs> he said, "Hey, throw that bag in the in the joint account." I'm going to go get this second ring and I'll be right with you. That's crazy to me. I love it, though. I love it. Shout out to Steve Ballmer for supplying us uh, the better twin yet again. Appreciate it. <laughs> but, but unknowingly, that's the beauty of it. it I had no idea. <laughs> no one did. It, it was like, honestly, shout out to Marcus, too. He did that knowingly as well. Oh, Keeps yeah. him one of them rings. Keeps giving him one of those rings. Palmer <laughs> will try and throw the bag at, at, at Marcus, hoping, oh, Marquise will come too, because he'll be like, oh, look at all that money he just got. I should probably go over there and I can get a nice little bag too, but they share the same bank account, man. That's crazy. Hey, shout, again, shout out to Palmer, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> and shout out to the Morrises for having such a nice relationship. Yeah. They don't, they don't buy into the Battle of L.A. I mean, maybe they do, but but they're family over everything. So as long as the family's winning, they're all winning. So it will help him win. Listen, listen, if Marcus wants a chip, all he has to do is ask. You know, it's it's fine. It's fine. Hey, you he know. could just wear Marquise's uniform and come play with us one time. No one will know. same tattoos as well. Everything. Hey. hey like, it's, it's that's probably love right there. It's an idea. <laughs> Come play a finals game. You won't play with the Clippers. Come, come play a finals game or two, man. Just switch suits. <laughs> oh, man. I so, I, I just want to ask you, let's just move on. You know, obviously, we have made some huge, huge moves going into the um, regular season. I want to yeah. ask you, because all of them, I think, have been awesome. And I think whenever you ask different people, you get a different question. I just want to know, who is your favorite move of the offseason so far? Honestly, for me, it was the very first one in Dennis Schroeder, man. I love that guy. Um, even back, even dating back to his days in Atlanta when he, you know, kind of gave Jeff Teague the boot and started playing for them. And, you know, seeing him as like a starter caliber guard that came off the bench, you know, the leading bench scorer last season, second and sixth man of the year voting. And now he's on RT, but all we had to give up was Danny Green in the 28th pick. 
That's crazy, man. Like, that's unheard of. Rob really putting his work, and I was super excited when that first signing came in alone. I mean, you know, I'm going to miss Rondo and what he did, at least Same. in the bubble, because the regular season he gave me heart attacks like every time he was out there. But in the bubble, he was phenomenal, and I loved playoff Rondo. I know he hates that name, but he was fantastic in the playoffs. I don't want to, I want to make sure that's said. Um, I just want to add on that playoff Rondo before you continue touching on yeah. Schroeder. He went on first take. And after Max Kellerman explained to him what you mean by playoff rondo, he agreed to it. He liked it. Ah, okay. Well, we good. can call him playoff rondo now. Cool, cool. Because that guy, hey, he elevated his play. He was tenacious. When we needed baskets, he was able to deliver them. Somehow he became Steph Curry from three. The guy was shooting that thing. So I can't even be mad at him. But, you know. Get um, your back, bro. Yeah, he needed that payday. It was something we just weren't able to provide him. I'm happy for him, and I hope he does well over in Atlanta. I hope he can teach Trey well and lead him into the next era of, you know, great guards. But, hey, man, I'm not mad about having Dennis. And, you know, I think he's going to be huge for us. Whether he starts or off the bench, that's just another guy who could literally go out there and give you 20 whenever. And, you know, it's going to be fun to see those games where AD and LeBron aren't doing so hot, you know, struggling to get their shot going, maybe a little lethargic. Um, and we watch Dennis Schroeder be our leading scorer. Like, that's going to be so great to just have that added versatility. And, you know, one thing about Rondo is that he wasn't always applying too much pressure on the offensive end, just scoring. People mm-hmm. were more worried about what's the next pass he's going to throw, any of that. But um, Schroeder being able to do a little bit of both, I – I'm super excited for it to see him on the court again, whether he starts or comes off the bench. I think he, he's the, he was the acquisition. I was the most happy about. I mean, I love them all. There's not a single one I didn't like, but that one, when we first got that, I was like, here we go. This is, this is going to be fun. Well, first of all, I, I want to give out a shout out to Rondo too. First of all, for not taking the Clippers bag, you know, yes. shout out to you, Rashawn. You know, I, I think, I think it, I think he just had too much respect for the likes of LeBron and AD the, the battles that they went through the past year to sign with a guy, it seemed like the Clippers, to be honest with you. So shout out to Rajon. Happy trails to him. I think he'll be awesome for that young locker room. I really do. I think what we've seen from Rajon is a guy who is super into being team first, being helping the young guys develop. You know, it, it seemed like him and THC really got on as well. So, yeah. you know, Rondo, Rondo seems like a great dude and I'm really happy for him. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll give a little shout out to all the former Lakers as we go on. Obviously, yes. apart from Danny Green, fuck Danny Green. Yeah. We are not fake fans. <laughs> like, I can't believe this dude has the audacity to call us fake fans. I stay up till six a.m. every time to watch the Lakers play, and, and watch I'm him, a fake fan. And watch him brick threes. Like, come on, man. Enjoy Philly, um, but like to touch on it before before I move on to my favorite acquisition of the off season. I just want to ask you, I do not remember a championship team getting... I've seen teams lose in the finals and get much better. Like we've seen with Golden State, obviously, getting KD, which is a huge upgrade. Um, it didn't make the league rigged like the Warriors fans that are now saying, trying to say that we all said. We, no one said that, apart from stupid people. Um, but obviously, you know, KD went there, and you know what? It's fine. Like, he won two chips there, and congratulations to him. But at the same time, like... I don't remember a championship team winning and winning so decisively, which I think we can't argue. We can't question the Lakers were so decisive in all four series. It was ridiculous, in my opinion. And then you go from that to getting significantly better. I don't remember that in a long, long time in the NBA. 
Yeah, I'm with you 100%, even though I had some Heat fans in my mentions earlier today talking about that we didn't beat them decisively, that they were hurt. So, sure. <laughs> All right, run, run it back this year. Let's see how that one goes. Uh, you, you know you know, I'm a huge Dragic fan. What's he going to do? Like, sorry, but, like, I love him. But what, is he stopping LeBron already? No. I mean, game one, when they were both there, we beat them to sleep. I mean, granted, Trotter got hurt halfway through the game, but Bam was fine. Basically, was over game, by then. they were getting beat to sleep. We took we took it light on them. That's what I'll say. But um, no, you're right, man. I don't think we've ever seen a championship team retool in the offseason and get better at every player they lost seemingly get that much better at. I mean, again, Rondo, great guard, great player, but the upgrade to Dennis is – that's like that's a jump. It's significant. We got younger for the most part and better. I mean, we started JaVale McGee and won how many games <laughs> in the regular season? And we now we won 65 without COVID in the regular season. Look at that. We could have won 65 games starting JaVale McGee. And now we've upgraded to Mark Gasol, who can stretch the floor, who defensively can guard bigger guys, which again helps Anthony Davis. You know, he can guard a Jokic without, you know, just getting absolutely bullied. Kind of how JaVale was. He's not quite the, you know, the help, the secondary help shot blocker that JaVale was, but as a one-on-one post defender and, you know, his, his defensive intangibles, his mind, his IQ, all substantially higher. So we got better there. You know, Dwight Howard, we'll miss his grit um, a I little bit there. I, I really wish he would have stayed too, but I mean, the, the he pressure. Panicked. Yeah. He yeah, panicked. He, I think yeah. that's what happened. And just to take a veteran minimum over in Philly, like, I mean, and Dwight, we love you too, man. He he was he was fantastic in the playoffs. Yeah, there's no malice on our end. With no, 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 no. He was really well in Philly. And if there is a chance to get him in the future, I'd love to have him back. I oh, really yeah. Do. The way that guy played in the in the playoffs, whether he was able to play, whether he was, you know, was the um the Rocket series where he couldn't really get on the court to Denver where he was super helpful and even Miami and he earned his starting spot in the bubble. Man, I I don't have enough good things to say about him from, you know, especially from his first stint to the Lakers to the second mm-hmm. one. And and to have him be a champion, I'm happy for the guy. But, you know, enjoy Philly over there. Hopefully you can you and Danny can do something great over there too. But Again, you know, even adding Harold, that is a huge jump, just especially offensively. Not quite the defensive present Dwight was, but offensively, leaps and bounds. They bring a similar energy, so that's important as well. But, you know, um, and then you even look at Danny Green, you know, just kind of putting him next to Wesley Matthews. And, you know, I mean, even I think, I think that, worst case I think Danny's a bit more cerebral, but I think Danny's uh, Wes is a bit more physical. But at worst, if Wes plays as bad as Danny, he's not getting fifteen million for it. So that already exactly. is a whole different ball game and a mindset that you have. Because everybody's like, this guy's making fifteen million to go out there and do what I could do on the court and just miss every single shot. You know, so there's those things. Um so in that in that regard, I call that an upgrade as well. We bring back KCP, bring back Markeith. I mean, are, how are we any worse, man? <laughs> like, I just don't see. And I've never seen a championship team retool this well. I mean, the way we gelled last year, the only thing stopping us at this point is health, knock on some wood. But, you know, we remain healthy. It's going to be real scary for the NBA. Like, really, really scary. Our front line, second line, like you said earlier in our group chat, that our second line could could be an Eastern Conference playoff starting lineup. 
it, it's it real scary. It could easily be a six seed. Like yeah. I look at the East, I'm like, that's a six seed in the East. Like that's basically that. what uh, the Nets were running with for like once Kyrie I went think, down. I, essentially, that's I think they beat. I, I, I think they beat that Nets team in five. Our backup five. That's like no crazy. joke. We're gonna be real scary. Like. Even it doesn't matter if Dennis or KCP is on the bench. You're running with a let's say hypothetically that Dennis, because he was on the bench last year, let's say he's on the bench again. You're running with a five on the on, as a, your backups of Schroeder, Caruso, Kuz, Keith, and Trez. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That's nasty. <laughs> and and the best part about all these moves is you can't say the Lakers are soft anymore. Remember that argument last year? Oh. Do you remember that? And I'll throw it to you before I get onto my favorite acquisition. Um, if LeBron had this competent of front office for most of his career, how many titles would he have? Man, that last one might have been like <laughs> seven or eight. Man, like this dude, the his first stint in Cleveland, that front office is like criminally like they get away with like his underachievements there need to really go on the front office because if you if you go back and even look at how that man played he was a demon back then like as much as he is now he's not as cerebral back then as he is now but like in terms of just pure athleticism and skill and ability that guy was on a completely different level and his front office just failed every time to get significant pieces around him i mean i remember like honestly the greatest acquisition when he was on cleveland was like Mo Williams and Antoine Jameson. Like I remember, yeah. I psyched when he got Antoine Jameson. Like, come on, you come on. Like you think of that, <laughs> and then you think of the moves that we just made this offseason. Like, why couldn't they have surrounded a better play? I get it's Cleveland; it's not the greatest place to be, but these guys didn't want to trade JJ Hickson for Amari Stoudemire. Like that is unfathomable to me. Like, what are you doing? You really had faith JJ Hickson was going to be better than Stoudemire down the line? Like. These things could have been done, but they just weren't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Miami, Pat Riley put together a great big three and did his best to fill out what he could. And obviously, it took some players taking sacrifices like Dwayne Wayne getting pay cuts and all that stuff. So I get that part. I, I don't want to disrespect Pat Riley because that guy's great. But what, but what Rob has done is unbelievable. And, man, it's making this Lakers tenure with LeBron unbelievable. And, I mean – Hey, six rings is very in play, ladies and gentlemen. Six Seven's rings. in play. It's, 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 the, the boundaries at this point are limitless. So well, that, that's the beauty of it. Like, I don't see LeBron leaving LA. No, he's I not. think he retires here. Last I time. think he retires. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think with LeBron, you can see, and I think with AD now, I think this is I think AD points to this offseason, like, this is why I left New Orleans. Like yeah. This is why you leave. Like you, you, you see, with basically with no assets, what Rob's done. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The only assets that went out the door were Danny Green, the twenty eighth pick, of and Javale second, and Javale McGee. All that's the only things he shipped out. Everybody else left on their own. The only things he shipped out was that, and we can't, got back all of this. Come on, man! This guy's this guy's amazing, and like LeBron said again in his final speech, Rob wants his damn respect, and if he hasn't earned it now, 
I, I he'll never earn it. He'll never earn it. People are just going to be stuck in their ways. That dude has been unbelievable for two seasons. Oh, well, I, I just want to touch on like the whole clutch aspect as well. Like people like dogging on them more. It's easy when you have clutch on side. Why has no one else done it though? Like that's my argument. People could have done it. Yeah. There's 30 teams in the NBA, but what he did was he had clutch on side from the minute he signed KCP, and he made sure. Excuse me. He made sure clutch was looked after. He made sure KCP was looked after. Whatever they needed, he made sure he was there for it. And I just call that good preparation. Like he realized that in the best interest of his team, he has to look after clutch and look at what happened. He gets LeBron, he gets AD, he gets Montrez Harrell on a nine per deal when this guy should be earning 18 to 20 if Miles Turner is earning 24 per year. Yeah. That's just me. Like, (laughs) you know, no disrespect to Miles Turner, who I think is a really good player. Yeah. But like, I think Tresh should be in that ballpark as well. Like realistically, money-wise, um, and that that's my favorite acquisition so far. A, he left the Clippers. Like, it's just beautiful. It really is. Um, I think B, I think his defensive woes were more coaching than him. I'm sorry, but what did they expect when they played Jokic on Trez? Like, they did they expect him to guard him? Like. Why didn't they play Zoo more? I thought Zoo did quite a good job on him. Like whenever I, I watched them play, because with Jokic, you don't need quickness to beat him. You need size. You need size. You need someone who's smart as well. Which is why the Mark Gasol signing is so good. It's gonna be good. It's so so good, man. Because like the only two, I think the only two centers that pose a threat in the West are Jokic and Nurkic. Correct. And you basically neutralize them both. Yeah. By bringing Mark in, and. And you know how much I love both of those guys as well. But, like, Marc Gasol is still, in my opinion, in the low post, the best defender in the NBA. Like, that's how good the guy is. Yeah. You uh, saw what he did to Embiid. Like, yes. he held Embiid last year, literally last season, to zero points in a game. Zero. And we're talking about Embiid, who I think is a top 10 player in this league, which is ridiculous. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but then Trez, I think with Trez, you got to it's matchup dependent. But like, I watched a lot of his tape with the um, when the Clippers played the Nuggets. When as soon as like we signed Trez, mm-hmm. and the thing I noticed with Trez is when you ice the pick and roll with him and Jokic, he didn't do very well because Jokic would seal him really well. And then obviously once Jokic seals you, it's over. Yeah, like if you're out he's the rim, he's scoring. Um. But whenever they blitzed it defensively and he either came out and hard hedged or they just tried to trap from that pick and roll, more often than not, either it would be a loose ball, a deflected pass, or a steal. And they're like, you see that it works. Why don't you just continue doing that? <laughs> and I don't want to get on Doc Rivers because, you know, I don't feel like it's a time or place, but like, I feel like that's Doc Rivers' fault. Yeah. I feel like that's Ty Lue's fault. I feel like that's Sam Cassell's fault. If the assistant should be telling Doc, this is what we should do every time to the pick and roll. And Doc should be like, it's not working. Let's not ice the pick and roll on Jokic. Like, obviously, like, I don't even coach in the NBA and I can tell you that. You can tell him that as well, Kwame. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't take a rocket science, especially with Trez. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. I think AD is a perfect five for Trez. Like, the perfect, not, not perfect five, but perfect big guy to play alongside Trez because we all know AD doesn't like that label of being a five. Um, but we can call AD whatever the fuck he wants to be called. Maybe whatever. 
<laughs> like literally, if he wants to be called as a the point guard of a team, he can be called that because he is that damn special. But Trez is a hell of a pickup, and for nine million, uh, I know people are like going, "Oh yeah, Ibaka got nine. I'd still rather have Trez for our team, though." And I love Ibaka. I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not downplaying that at all, because I think it's a super good pickup for the Clippers. You know how high I, I, I was on Serge. I, you know, I really wanted him on the Lakers. Yeah, and that's because I thought a deal wasn't doable for a guy like Trez at nine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anyone did, to be honest with you. No, 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 no. I think I think you you saw in the surprise that all the journalists had as well. Like, no one expected it, and I think that was the beauty of it. It was like he'd rather take fifteen. He'd rather not take fifteen from Charlotte to come play in LA for nine. Like, and I think we'll see a really really motivated Montrez Harrell this year. I think he'll be another level higher than where he was last year. I don't know what you think about that, but I think Montrez will be a monster this year. No, I'm with you 100%. And just like you said, I think Vogel, especially being a defensive-minded coach, I think he'll bring the best out of Trez and come up with the scheme oh, yeah. that will work for him perfectly. So I don't expect him to have the same liabilities and issues that he had against Denver last year. I mean, and again, like you said, a lot of it was matchup dependent, and the Clippers just didn't have the personnel to deal with a player like Jokic and the Lakers do. And even offensively, this guy's really going to be playing in space. He's the only rotation big that's not like a stretch shooter. Like the he's the only one. So he could eat down there if he wants. Markeith can be out. AD can be out. Mark can be out. LeBron, Kuz, all our front court players can stretch the floor. So if he really needs to eat down there, he's going to have all the space he wants. You know, high energy motivated, like you said. I mean, you're right. He's going to be, I think he's going to be a very different player than what we what people have seen from him, especially in our system. And I think he's really going to shine yet again. And that maybe that, and I'm sure that's part of the pitch. The clutch had said, come here. You'll get your, your talents truly highlighted. You'll show out, you'll get a ring and then you can get your payday down the line. That's how I, how I see it as. But I, I also see it as, I don't think Trez wanted to leave LA. No, I think uproot his family and everyone live in LA. I don't think he'd particularly want to leave unless you get like an astronomical offer. Like, yeah. It's not like you live in Denver and you go into Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jeremy Grant rejecting the same offer from the, from the Nuggets to the Pistons. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, I told you that, that unless he got the bag, he wasn't going to a, to a shitty team like that. No. Like yeah. he needed that bag, man. Yeah. And 24, he deserves it. Shout out to Jeremy Grant. Get your money while you're young and you can play, man. See you in three years' time. See you in three years' time after that big contract. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, touching on, on the defensive side of things with Trez, I think if me and you can spot things like that, a defensive wizard like Frank Vogel, who probably watches like 25,000 times the amount of tape that we do, yes. you'll notice that immediately. Like, it won't be a topic of discussion, in my opinion, when it comes to stuff like that. He'll notice it straight away. He'll pick up on it. Like, this is what we do. We're trusting defensive situations. And, like, if you try and go small ball with the Lakers, the Lakers can realistically put out a small ball lineup of, at the moment, Markeith Morris, Anthony Davis, Montrezl Harrell, LeBron James, and Wesley Matthews. Yeah. (laughs) That's just one... Small ball variation lineup. You know, I haven't put Kyle Kuzma in there. KCP, Alex Caruso plays bigger than what he is. Like, 
that you haven't sacrificed any of the Lakers size in any of these moves either. Oh, like, that's the best oh. part. Like, if anything, I think he got tougher inside. Like, as much as you know me, I love JaVale McGee as a dude. He was not strong down there at all. No, I love JaVale, but we saw it in the Denver series. Um, Dwight, I think, is more athletic than Mark, but I think Mark's a stronger player, though. I think Mark is just built better than Dwight. There's... Dwight's a lot more athletic, even now, but I think Mark's just built so sturdy, especially now in his eldest, el- elder days. He was let himself go a little bit. You know, I ain't mad at you, Mark. You're 35. <laughs> You should let yourself go a little bit. Like you're allowed to. Like you know, you live that championship lifestyle in Toronto. You're allowed to. Like yeah. you know. So, but in all seriousness, man, like, what would your ideal starting five be? Because I think there's a lot of variations, and I know it will change. But let's say opening night, we got the Clippers hypothetically, because I think that could be the potential matchup there. Um, it'll be funny because I think we'll steamroll them. Oh, I really do. Below their heads, especially Trez. I think I think we could see like a special night from Trez if it's opening night Clippers. What's your starting five as of right now? In my opinion, I think you just go kind of with the a lineup similarly similar to what we ran in the bubble um, with LeBron. I guess he's technically the three, but he plays point guard. So LeBron at the one. You got Wes or KCP at the 2-3, whichever one works, but they both start. AD at the 4, Mark at the 5. In my opinion, I think that gives LeBron and AD, you know, the most floor spacing with the most capable shooters. Um, Obviously, Wes, KCP, those guys are great shooters. Mark can stretch it beyond the break. Adds a playmaker, a sneaky playmaker, Mark Gasol. He can run literally an entire offense out the high post or the low post, mid post, whatever you want him off at the top of the break. The dude can run literally an entire offense. Passing is unbelievable. And I know you guys got a lot of taste of that with, with the uh, pile as well. Back in the day, oh, Those all brothers can, can play make. So that's what we're looking at. In my opinion, I think that's probably the best, you know, AD and his five woes. He doesn't like playing the five often. So you got to throw Mark in as a starter. Um, and I think Mark will do very well. I mean, he played in the Western Conference basically his entire career. He's used to playing against the bigger, larger centers. And like you said, one of the best one-on-one post defenders in our league today. And like you said, ever. Again, I'd say ever. Oh, well, there you have it. <laughs> and like you said, how he absolutely locked down Joel Embiid, who is probably the most talented center in our league by – a fair margin. <laughs> yeah. The guy, him and Jokic. Him and Jokic. Jokic are unbelievable. So um, to have that ability and that capable of a center is, you know, leaps and bounds beyond the JaVale McGee. So I'm all for, for that. the veterans minimum. For the veterans minimum. So I'm all for that. <laughs> so honestly, that's my starting lineup just due to versatility. I think defensively, they're all great defensively. We've seen KCP's energy. I've watched quite a bit of tape on Wes Matthews today, and that guy – fights over screens he has good positioning he's stronger you know he's very good at holding his spot the his his he, he's very good in that like you said he's more of the physical defender um so i i think we're great there i think that's probably my ideal five um just because i think it, even having schroeder off the bench adds that one two scoring punch with him and and trez you know you have coos and uh, Keith is the outliers that still kind of do things. Crusoe for the defensive and, you know, obviously running the break and whatnot. But that th- that's my lineup in my mind. That's my ideal starting five for this upcoming season. I agree. That would be my ideal starting five as well. But 
I could see Dennis starting over KCP. Purely reason being is I think the Lakers, I think as much of the young core as possible. It's amazing how we got a young core again. Yeah, like, I got you. I look at all these guys, but like AD's 27, Trez is 26, Dennis is 27, AC's locked to 23, 24, Kuz is 25, uh, Horton Tucker's 19. Like, we've got younger. Like, Seriously, I think that, like, it's crazy. Like, what? Wes is the same age as Danny Green, so you haven't really lost much there, like in age. KCP is uh, like, what, 27, I think? 27 as well. Yeah, like, KCP's 27 still as well. Like, this team is, like, especially because I don't see LeBron, like, his level falling to the point where he, like, falls off a cliff, like, until he retires. Can't see. I think at worst, he'll be a top 10 player in the NBA at, like, age 40, which is ridiculous. Like, buckles my mind. All right. Um, this group, and the the best part, in my opinion, Kwame, is if these guys show out and then you sign them to long term contracts, they're tradable assets in case a superstar comes aboard. Yes, like available. Like I really think that as well. Like let's say I don't know, like if Bradley Beal's unhappy in Washington, and you know, let's say Dennis Schroeder's averaging twenty a game. Let's say Trez is averaging like eighteen. That's two you can package to get a Bradley Beal in, and while. You know, it might be a lot. It's Bradley Beal at the end of the day. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, you know, it's a super sore. Exactly. And shout out to Rob for doing that, man. I think, I think he's, he's, I think he's thought about that aspect as well. Yeah. One guy who I feel like is now a le- luxury, but is very expendable in this team, especially with a signing of Keith, is Cal Kuzma. Um, I just want to touch on him because I feel like he's like the guy that everyone touches on. You know, I think you can't, I think you can't avoid it at the moment. Um, excuse me. Um, what do you feel about Kuz? Because I think a we need Dudley back because I think Dudley's the only guy who can sort of like keep him in his spot a little bit and make him work hard. Um, because I think Dudley's been through that before in his career. Yeah, and B. I don't see him being more than a 10-point-a-game scorer on this team. And I think in a contract year, I think he'll be asking out pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, put it all in perspective, I think you might really have a point there because um, essentially, if you look at the, in terms of scoring options, he's probably fourth or fifth. Um, it dep- and honestly, it'll probably be Trez being the fourth in my idea. So you go LeBron, eight. Miss Trez and then Kuz, and you're watching the other guys in this class getting those $195 million deals. He's not, I mean, how much can he possibly offer on that end? So, if he really wants to take that next step in the superstardom, in my opinion, he's got to leave. Um, there's just not the, the space or the opportunity on our team, unfortunately. I mean, so he, you're right. I could. I wouldn't be surprised if it came down the line and he was, you know, asking out simply because, like you said, he's watching these guys get these 195 million dollar deals, and I'm sure he's like, I'm just as good as these guys. I could play right up there with those guys, but those guys get opportunities. They're the number one options. You know, Jason Tatum's the number one option. Um, Donovan Mitchell's the number one option. I mean, uh, De'Aaron Fox. He's a whatever option. I like him. I love him. <laughs> I'm a fan here too. He unfortunately he plays for the Kings. You know, sorry, Darren. Just yeah, they're just them, and he you know he's kind of stuck there. But no, he's a great player as well. But again, those guys all have way more opportunity than Kuzma's gotten. So 
if I'm him, I'd probably want to go somewhere where I really think I can make my impact. So I guess we'll stay tuned and see what we can garner for him. Because if some if he asks for a trade, you know, maybe we'll see what we can package. And like you said, the recent signings do make him quite a bit more expendable on our end. I think it's a great luxury to have, though. Exactly. A guy like Kuzma, um, I know he gets dogged on a lot, and deservedly so for his stupid takes on COVID, to name a few. Um, I still think he's really good, and I think he can be really good on any team he's on. But I think, A, he needs to know his role. He is not as good as a Michael Porter Jr. or a Jason Tatum or a, even a De'Aaron Fox, I don't think he's as good as, or Alonzo Ball, or anyone like that. Like, literally, I don't, you know, no disrespect to Kuz. I think on the right team, I think he could earn 20 a year. But not on this team. I'm sorry. Like, you know. Um, and with that, I think this season goes either one or two ways for Kuz. He either shows out whenever he plays, and he makes sure there's trade value for him, so someone will trade for him and make a deal that the Lakers cannot refuse. Like, let's say, a first and, I don't know, a player to put in a rotation instead of him. Um, or he starts bitching and moaning and we see him ask for a trade like two weeks into the season because he's got not getting enough touches. I, I think he goes one of, one, one of two ways with Kuz. I really do. I hope it goes the former because, you know, I, I, I don't hate the guy. Contrary to, like, you know, the, the slander he gets, I don't hate him. Um... But I just think he's in over his head as to what he believes he is. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. He thinks he's a superstar when he's not. He's a good player in this league. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think that's what gets lost as well. As a 27 pick, you far exceeded the expectations. Yeah. I mean, you should be happy with that. Like you said, I mean, if he if he really thinks in his head he's a superstar, unfortunately, he's gonna have to do it somewhere that's not here. Because we just don't have we don't. He doesn't have the opportunity here, whether he can do it or not. So, if he really wants that opportunity, maybe he gets the second ring and asks for a sign and trade. Maybe something will happen. I don't know. But it, in a contract year, I mean, it's going to be real hard for him to earn his value. Just being a you know being a fifth option on championship teams not going to get you a hundred million dollars. <laughs> it really won't. Unless ever, unless all five options are averaging at least twenty a game. Yes. Yes. And. But- that's not happening. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna have five guys literally giving us a hundred a night, <laughs> and everybody else. I think we'll see four guys giving us eighty. That's what I think we'll see. Yes, I can totally see that. But having that extra guy, I mean, I feel like his touches, no matter what lineup he's in, aren't going to be great. He'll just be, you know, again, just a good player, good role player. But in, if, if his mindset is that he's a champion, a cha- or sorry, a superstar player, he's a champion. Let's it. Let's make sure that's covered. He is a champion, but if he wants to say that he's the superstar that he thinks he is, L- unfortunately, this LA team <laughs> does not have that 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 flexibility. <laughs> Maybe the other one. Maybe he could try over there. I'm sure they'd love that. The, th- the thing with Kuz is, I feel like if he just accepted his role as like the fifth option, if he just became a scrappy guy who defended wings well, a guy who could explode for thirty any night. I think people would legitimately love him. Yeah. Like, I, I, but I think, and I also think the biggest problem with Kuz is online, especially. I feel like he talks to his followers like there's twenty people following him. Yes, not two million people following. Him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's grasped his fame. Yeah, 
I think I think he still thinks he's that guy stuck in Flint, Michigan, talking to his boys online. Yeah. I think that's what it is. And you know what? I, I said I don't think he's a bad person in the slightest because I don't think LeBron would fuck with a bad person. I think he would have been off that team already, yeah. personally. So I think that, I think there's hope for Kuz. I don't know if that's me being positive, um, overly positive on Kuzma. I've, I think our guy Nas would say yes. Uh-huh. I'm being overly positive. Shout out to Nas. He should have been here, but got stuck in work. So we'll speak to you soon, bud. Um, but like, I don't know. I, yeah, that's 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 my opinion on Kuz. Like, I know we went a little bit long on Carl Kuzma, but I think he is a conundrum that the Lakers sh- should be looking to solve. If nothing else, just a movement at the trade deadline. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, but it all come down to what he wants. I mean, if he's okay being a role player, like you said, just accepts his role and is okay with it, then I guess we have no problems. But if he wants to be that superstar and be with all and try and get the money, at least try and get back the money, get near the amount that all his buddies are making in his draft. Um, I don't know what you call all the people he got drafted with, whatever those guys. Then. He can't. He won't get the opportunity here. So you know, best of luck to Kuz, whether he stays with us or not. You know, again, champion forever, and we'll see what happens down the line. Well, I'll ask you this before I move off Kuz. If he said, let's say, five years, sixty million to stay in LA, I'd take that deal. I really would. Absolutely. Like, it's not bad. If I'm a Lake, like, if I'm the Lakers, I like it because a it gives you long term security and it's a deal you can easily flip because it's a guy that I think will always have value in this league. And for Kuz, you stay in LA, you're on a championship winning team. And realistically, like the amount he's making off endorsements for Puma and stuff, he doesn't need the money. Like, I think he's far exceeding his value off the court than what he actually is. He said for the 27th pick, he's done leaps and bounds with normal 27th pick to do. I'm not being funny. I He's more advertised than a Jason Tatum. Yes. Yes. He's more advertised than Luka Doncic. And Luka Doncic at 20 is a top five player in this league. Yes. You're, you're right. And it's all because he plays for the Lakers. Yeah, he's in Los Angeles, plays for the Lakers. Simple. So he should, I think he should count his chickens, is what I'm saying. Realize that he's in a good spot. Take 12, 13 per. I really wouldn't be mad at that deal because I think that's, I think for a really, I think he's a really good role player on a championship winning team. Yes. And I think. That's the market for a role player in this current age, anyway. And like I said, it's a really easily movable contract as well down to, down the line as well. I agree. So that's enough Coos talk. He, he obviously won't take that money because he thinks he's old thirty. That's <laughs> that's his problem. Go get thirty in New York. CAA is paying all their clients up there. Literally, their whole team is CAA. They, they, they've, they've become the bargain-based Lakers, haven't they, with culture? Yeah, little empire over there. Yeah, good luck with Austin Rivers and Alfred Payton. Right, so yeah. They don't quite have the stars that Clutch has, but eh, it's a good well, thing is, They do, but they just have them everywhere else but New York. I think, I, think you'll, I think it'll take a while, but I also think that they seem competent now in New York, at least if nothing else. It's a turn. It's a start. Yeah, I know it's a Lakers chat, but I liked Obi Toppin at eight. I think that's a really nice pick. I I like him. I think I think he's going to be really good for him. Yes. So shout out to New York. That's a team that I like. I want the Knicks to be good. Like I think when all these big teams are good, I think it makes the league more interesting. Like I'm not being funny. 
Golden State Cleveland was not the finals I wanted to watch. Give me an LA New York final. Give me an LA Miami final. LA like, Boston. Yep, those that. Like, you know what I mean? LA Chicago. You know, uh, I don't care about any other teams in the Western Conference. You all, you all can get to fuck. Like as long as LA is <laughs> in the final, it's all good. <laughs> but that's my Lakers fandom showing there. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, we've made a ton of moves. There's still three spots open, and due to Rob Palinka not understanding the cap and being under a hard cap, we still have space to make all three signings and be under the apron and still be in the market for buyouts. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, do you remember Rob Palinka not knowing the cap? He like, didn't know the cap. I'm crazy. Like, arguably the best agent in the game did not know the cap or the CBA. <laughs> crazy. I, I, I get no, no words. Like, do you remember the pictures that he was taking with Magic Johnson in New York with Adam Silver? I legitimately think he was there just to make Magic Johnson not feel stupid. Like, that's my opinion on the whole, like, him learning the CBA, quote-unquote. He knew that off by heart. Like, come on now. Come on, he's represented tons of players. You're telling me he doesn't know how the cap works? He he represented Kobe Bryant and James Harden in their primes. But he doesn't know how I need to say more. Chris Bosch in his prime, but he doesn't know how the cap works. Um, there's still three spots open. I said all that just for a shot to the haters. Um, <laughs> I think Jared Dudley should be a definite on this team. I know I've already touched on it earlier. Um, who are three guys that you'd look at signing for the Lakers right now? Where do you think? I don't think there's many holes anymore in this roster like there was last year that you could pinpoint, like being this is where the Lakers are lacking. But who are three guys that you would add that could bring a different dimension of sorts? Um, I mean, so I have my picks, but I mean, one's honestly out of there. Well, I guess I had two picks, but like you said, I'm with Jared Dudley. I think he's just a great locker room guy. Um, just a great dude overall, man. I mean, and I'm sure his impact he can still play as well. Yeah. I think if you need him to, he'll he'll be able to yeah, play. The guy stays ready. He's a consummate professional, and you know you always need one of those guys in the locker room. He's like a Udonis Haslam without the the mean mugs. You know, he's more of a friendly looking <laughs> guy. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. Don't get it twisted though. Yes. If he needs to fuck someone, oh up, yeah, he will. He will play the role of enforcer if he has to. He'll smile at you while clotheslining you for a layup. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I'm with you there. I think Dudley is uh, like a must in my opinion. One of the other guys I was I was hoping for would have been a boogie, but we saw that he just signed with uh, Houston over there. Um, really would have trailed. Yeah, would have really loved to have him back, but I mean, I guess we we can't. Um, you know, best of luck over there in Houston. Um, hopefully, you can do some great things for them over there with a uh, Harden in them. Well, if Harden and them stay together, we that's yet to be, be determined. But regardless, hope he does well over there. Um, but honestly, I don't. I I can't really think of too many free agents that are out there that I'm like, let's go get him. I've seen a lot of people in the timeline talking about like a Mo Harkless, one of those kind of guys. I mean, I would. To Miami. Oh no, you're right. He did go to Miami. You're right. You're right. You're right. So another one off the out of there. I can't nice think. Pick up by the heat. Yeah, I can't think too many of too many people. Honestly, I would just rather. I mean, we got who do we have? Jordan Bell, Lonzo McKinney. I mean, maybe just hold those guys or on partial guarantees. And, you know, you could waive them if necessary and hunt the buyout market. They've guaranteed McKinney's contract fully, so McKinney's staying. Okay, so McKinney's staying, but did they waive Bell? Waving Bell, yeah. Okay. Well, 
that like I mean, honestly, maybe just you know, I, I don't know, roster fill-ins. I think the buyout market will really be where we are, where we get our gold again, like how we grabbed Markeith last year. Um, but I mean, even trying to get like a a a, a good veteran on a veteran minimum. I mean, it's going to be really hard to crack this rotation, to be honest. I think our rotation's kind of set. So anybody we do fill, do we just keep the young guys on two ways? Like, what do we do here? Uh, I can't see very many scenarios where we, like, need people, at least now. Maybe a hole arises later if, like, God forbid, an injury happens or something. And just kind of hunt the buyout market or, you know, maybe if we create something in a trade uh, at the deadline or something. But, I mean, off top, and unfortunately, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I feel a little unprepared for this sec this segment, but I don't really see a hole that needs to be filled or a need outside of Jared Dudley. That's the only guy that I think is a must. Anybody else that comes or stays is fodder to me. I know what you mean. One guy who I've had a lot, who I've, who I personally would have liked this offseason is Alonzo Trey, just as a guy, like his pipe developmental guy who I think can go under the radar this year. A guy who, alongside THT, alongside Keiko, I think THT will get minutes, though. So I I, I, I think uh, an Alonzo Trier, a guy who break glass in case of emergency, I think he's a really good defender. I think if you get him working with Phil Handy, like you do Trez, I think Trez will get a lot better because of Phil Handy. THT is going to get a lot better because of Phil Handy. Shout out to Phil Handy. Yeah. I'm so glad he stayed. Yeah, so glad yes. he stayed. Love um, And another one, while we're on the, on the coaching thing, I just realized. Guess who one of our assistant coaches is? Lionel Hollins. Oh yeah, Matt, Lionel Hollins. Yeah, I forgot because he didn't go down to the bubble, right? Yeah, Britain Grimes. He, I didn't even. Say, I forgot he wasn't on the bench. Okay, that okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm sure that helped. Now, now, now the Mark Gasol thing makes even more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Familiarity. Yeah. I'm full of information right. sometimes. Put the puzzle even, together. I love it. Even potentially having COVID. <laughs> I love it. Oh, but but in all seriousness, though, like Alonzo Trier is a guy who is a I think is a low risk, high reward guy. Yeah. You sign him on like a two, two, three year deal. He's a he's a clutch client as well. Mm-hmm. So that makes the deal even easier. And because he's not a veteran, he hasn't been in the NBA long enough, he's worth less on the cap as well. So it there's still room on the apron there. And let's say you sign him to like a two-year with a partial guarantee on the third. That's a guy maybe like two years' time that you know you, you get and like let's say he's on two million, who's far exceeding his play on to you know in comparison to his contract, yeah. just like Caruso is now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know. I don't. I don't think you can find a more valuable contributor for two mil than Alex Caruso is right now. Yeah, I don't think anywhere in the league. You're right. No. So, Alonzo Trey would be one. A guy who I would have liked Boogie on on the on the roster because obviously Boogie is awesome. Yes. Alex Len got signed. Just got signed by the Raptors. Is another guy who I would have liked the Lakers to maybe have. Yeah. Just in case. You know, Mark, you know, you never know. He is 35, so you do need some type of contingency. But I'm not worried because we have Judy Cito. She's awesome. Yes. And we had, like we saw last year, we had no injury problem. No. Like zero. No, like, lingering long last. Except Rondo no. breaking his hand 10 times, but that's Rondo. He breaks well, that's just Rondo. Every season <laughs> his hand breaks. At least twice. <laughs> right? <laughs> so 
I'm not I'm not particularly worried about injuries with this team. I think I think a lot of our guys have proven that they're even AD. I don't get where this like whole injury prone thing came from. Like I don't. he played like in in New Orleans out of so what this was his eighth year in the league with the Lakers. Uh, so the seven. I don't know if it was a seven. Anyway, the six years before that, he played like 65 games in like five of the six seasons. It's because the Pelicans only got like two or three primetime games, and that would just happen to be when he was out. So people just thought he never played. <laughs> That's honestly it. So it's, like, so it's like, you know, so what? And LeBron's never been injury prone. He had that one. I think I think he tore his groin when he did that. Oh, yeah. They definitely downplayed that injury for sure. Yeah, so this team isn't injury prone in the slightest. Like I'm not worried about injuries at all with this team. And like you look at the guys we have, like a KCP, a Trez, a Schroeder, guys who I think will play through little niggles and stuff. Yeah, I think they're the type of exactly. And especially Trez. I I can't believe Trez is 26. Right. Like <laughs> It's so great. <laughs> I, I, I love. I, I remember. I remember. Do you remember him on that Final Four team? Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Him, Peyton Siva, mm-hmm. Gorgie Deng. Oh, what a team that was! Wow. Coached by Rick the team. What a team! <laughs> oh man, little trust love in there. Listen, man, I'm so excited for this season, man. I'm with you. I can't wait for it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be so fun. And just to see all the tears daily on the timeline from other fan bases. I can't wait. The thing is, like, even like the whole slow start thing, I think Rob's accounted for it. Like, okay, LeBron and AD might start slow. It's fine. We got like a fuck ton of younger guys now. We're deep deep enough with young guys who are hungry. That's the thing. Like, I think he's added just enough players who haven't won championships where they're like, yo, these guys are already champions here. We need to go and get our own ring now. Like, I I think that's the mentality now. And I think a guy like Frank Vogel is an awesome head coach for a team like that. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. I think the the I think you saw that as soon as you see LeBron buying to a coach, I don't know about you. I think this can be our last topic because I think Frank Vogel seldom gets talked. I think he likes it that way though. I think Frank Vogel likes going under the radar. But that dude, I think I've never seen LeBron have no drama with his coach. He's the only guy who I've seen, like, there's been nothing. Have you heard anything about, like, Frank Vogel and LeBron falling out once? No. Zero. I think the closest thing might have been Mike Brown. That was the last coach I didn't hear yeah. much about. But, you know, after he had left Cleveland the first time, every coach. I mean, I guess Ty Luke, he's the player's coach. And, you know, he – still, you still heard rumblings about yeah, him. Yeah, but, I mean, you didn't hear a peep about Vogel. You heard people saying there will be a problem. But LeBron sang his praises from the high heavens all season long, all bubble long. So, no, you're right. I Vogel's done a great job and a better job than most people would thought. I know a lot of people hated on him saying he was going to be because he's the second option behind Ty Lue. And, you know, they kind of didn't do that situation. But, again, Vogel's a blessing in disguise, and the guy was great, aside from his occasional lineup blunders that were perplexing. But I don't think he'll have that problem now. Again, we're deep enough or versatile enough. I'm, he's, he's the perfect guy for this job. He's that, you know, that gritty coach. Um, you know, blue hat, blue blue collar, hard hat, lunch pail kind of guy. So yeah, I'm man. I I can't I can't express my excitement enough. And like you said, Vogel deserves a hand clap as well because he was able to get all those personalities and all those 
players to buy in to his system last year. And like you said, to have LeBron buy into a coach completely is something unheard of. So, I mean, what more can you say about that? Well, you got the greatest player in our game buying into a coach and saying, that's our coach. I'm buying into his game plan. What more can you ask for? Well, and the thing with Frank that I'll add just to end on, because, you know, we've touched on everything, I feel like, in this podcast so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with Frank I'll add in is all these blunders that he had lineup-wise were in the regular season. I think he was basically flawless in the postseason. He Whenever he needed to make a change, he did. He wasn't stubborn at all. Like, rotations would change. and If he saw that a lineup was working better, let's say, against Miami, than it was against Denver, he wouldn't be scared to change it. He wouldn't hesitate about it. So I'm really confident about Frank. Like, And the best thing I like about Frank is he doesn't shout out his superstars. Like, he asks LeBron for input. Like, I think it's so foolish to have arguably the greatest mind in basketball ever alongside Magic Johnson. I really believe that. I feel like those two, the way they see the floor is different compared to everyone else. Maybe John Stockton to that and Steve Nash. You can add to maybe that level and Jason Kidd. Oh, surprise, surprise. He's on the coaching staff as well. Yes. Um, that's like when you actually think about on the coaching side of things, the basketball minds we have, it's ridiculous. And to think you've just made, given him an even better roster, like, dude, <laughs> the possibilities are literally endless. <laughs> it, it really is. It's awesome, man. I'm so excited. The fact that we were that dominant with last year's roster, like, just thinking of this next season, it's like, man, this is going to be crazy. I think- and we have and we have enough continuity in the team as well. Yeah. That I think it'll just carry on. Yeah. And I'm sure all because you have LeBron, yeah. KCP, AC, AD, I think Dudley will be back. You have Keith, you know, THT. You have guys there who've been there. You know, they were there. Devontae Kaycock is one well. who's on a two-way, but I think he'll play quite a bit, especially at the start of the year. Yeah. I'm excited to see how how the young fella does there. Um so, nah, man, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, and like you said, these guys are going to be – they're, they're, they're going to buy into the system. This We're a defending champion team that retooled and brought you guys in. We're trying we, – we, we want to go back and do it again. You know, Mark Gasol's already been the champion, and, you know, I'm sure he wants to get back to that mountaintop again one more time, you know. So, then, you know, we can see even further down the line. He might get there two more times, three more times. We all know. But, you know, I think this year, I, I don't think there's a problem that people will buy in. I think we have a lot of guys like our, that are hungry and, you know, play with that sort of tenacity and just want to win. And that's what we need. And I Like I said, we had guys with chips on our shoulder last year. These guys still got chips on their shoulders, but we got younger and I would say significantly better. So, like I said, we got it done last year. No reason we can't get it done this year. I, f- I think we're in a league of our own now in the NBA. Yeah, I really believe it's that. scary hours. And being a Lakers homer, I don't think you can poke. Up. I think this team is built to play whatever way it needs to to win, and that's the scary part. Basic, they can do whatever your A option is better than you, even if it's the yeah, their G option. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's the best way to end this podcast. <laughs> oh, this has been such a pleasure. Tell the people where they can find you. 
Find me on Twitter at Laquan James. You'll see it in one of the description headlines around the podcast. Um, you can also catch me. I'm a frequent uh, co-host on the Late Night Lake Show podcast. So go ahead and get that a look. But Alan, I appreciate you having me here. Everybody, make sure you like, subscribe, comment on the Lakerside chats, man. Go ahead and close out, Alan. Thank you for listening, guys. Yeah, as always, you can follow me at Alan Ramage 3 this has been a flu game for me. I'm surprised I'm still like sprouting coherent thoughts. As Kwame knows, I'm, I've been feeling under the weather the past few days. So, but I was so excited to get this Lakers content out. Yeah. It, it, listen, there's a lot to talk about. And even though I'm feeling bad, I'm getting my PS5 soon. Ah. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. Once again, guys, thank you for listening. Go Lakers, and please, above all else, we're still in a pandemic. Stay safe. Take care, guys. Have a good one.